20, the 10, the 5, the 30. Rosalie Jackson was caught at the 30. Julio Humphrey deliver body blow after body blow after body blow. The team just wants to absolutely beat you up. There are threats all over the field for these Georgia Bulldogs. You're listening to Between the Hedges with your host, Russ. Good evening, all you Between the Hedges fans. It's Monday, and man, do we have a great show in for you all today. Today, we're going to talk about our Georgia versus Tennessee recap. If you did not have a chance to catch that game out over the weekend, man, did you miss a great game. And we're going to talk about Georgia preparing for Georgia Tech this weekend. Possible records to be broken. We'll have to wait and see. Don't go anywhere. All this and more on Between the Hedges podcast. Between the Hedges is sponsored by Dogs and More isn't your normal hot dog stand. Dogs and More serves gourmet hot dogs, hamburger, and grilled cheese sandwiches. Also, their floats are no joke either. They're located in Rinkin, Georgia. Go to our website and under sponsors, click Dogs and More. Believe me, their dogs are off the leash. Yeah, welcome all you wonderful listeners. It's Monday. I hope you all had a great day today. I know we had a great weekend. If you did not have a great weekend, then you didn't watch the same game I watched, I guess. I want to say thank you to all you loyal listeners who tune in all the time to listen to Between the Hedges. Thank you for listening to our time modification for this week, where we're going to be broadcasting our podcast in the evenings for this week, of course, being Thanksgiving week. I hope you guys enjoy that, and who knows, you might like it better in the evenings, and if you do, let me know. Send me a comment, but before I go any further, I do want to say thank you again to all my loyal listeners and to any new listeners that we might have. I want to say hello and thank you for listening to Between the the Hedges podcast. While you're here, go ahead and click the follow button so you can be kept up to date on all of our episodes. And then while you're there, go ahead and make sure your notification is turned on. If you would like to reach out to us, there are a few options available for you. One option is to click the see more on the podcast description and you will see our email address listed in there. It is bthfpodcast at gmail.com. Also, we have a website link in there, too. If you click on that and scroll down to the bottom, then you will see a send message button. Click on that, and you can send us a message of your thoughts on the podcast and maybe topics you would like to hear as well. Our last option is to call into the podcast by dialing 706-389-0770. If you want your message to be played over the podcast, then we ask you please keep it professional because we are a family-friendly podcast. We want to hear from our fans. Remember, this is a podcast by the fans for the fans. Also, we're on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. If you want to check us out there as well, we are in the process of getting on Instagram, which will be happening very soon if you guys are also Instagram fans too. Today's podcast is going to be awesome, and we can't wait to get it started. So let's get this thing rolling. Between the Hedges is sponsored by... Michelle's Custom Designs. They make all sorts of custom sports wreaths, Christmas wreaths, and or signs. They can customize your order to your likings. Go to our website and under our sponsors section, click on Michelle's Custom Design to see what they have to offer. It's not too late to get your Georgia Bulldog sports wreath ordered today. All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and dive into our first segment on Between the Hedges podcast. So after one play, Georgia football looked to be in trouble when the Volunteers ripped off a 75-yard touchdown run and led 7-0 and within the first few minutes of the game. Uh, when I first saw that play happen, the first thing I did notice was that our defense made a huge error. And honestly, when I looked at that, I thought to myself, you know what, that's okay. It was all right. It was an error on our part, but I don't think that, that was going to be the 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 run that was going to signify them getting a touchdown every single snap. 
Um, I know that uh, when Kirby Smart came up during the middle of halftime, he even brought up that they made a huge error by opening up that line and allowing for the Vols to make their way through it and that it was a mistake. And when he said that, I immediately had my confirmation that I knew that that's what happened was. In fact, Georgia coach Kirby Smart even said that. I talked to Glenn Schumann before the game and said, just let them score so we can get this over with. So we've consistently found a way to let them score first, have great first drives. We probably got a little aggressive there and didn't fit a play right. It's simple. We just didn't have a guy in the gap and the secondary has to get the guy on the ground. We historically... Georgia does not give up explosive runs, and they don't. So Kirby Smart was not exactly wrong for what he said, um, and in that sense that it was a fatal error. So in reality, if the guy would have closed the gap like he was supposed to and the error would not have happened, the game would have ended with them probably just getting a field goal. But even then, from there, the Bulldogs put forth a performance that was somehow more dominant than last season's win over Tennessee. Georgia outscored Tennessee 38-3 over the rest of the game, with the Georgia defense not giving up a touchdown for the remainder of the game. Remember I said it, that was just a fatal error. I knew when that happened, I had was not worried, I was not concerned. I figured, you know what, we let them have a touchdown, make them feel good about themselves, but we are going to come back, we're going to show them that we are the Georgia Bulldogs that people see us to be, and we are going to tie the Alabama record for the most wins in the SEC division. Now, for quarterback, I think Beck did a phenomenal job. Now, he did have his lone interception that was taken away due to a Tennessee penalty, but the Georgia quarterback answered any questions about his ability to play on the road. Beck completed 24 of his 30 passes attempts for 298 yards. Y'all, he was on fire. He hit every point. He hit every time. He did not miss. He was throwing shots that were just unbelievable. Sometimes he was throwing shots when there was 2-3 coverage on top of his man, and he still did a good job. He had three passing touchdowns with each going to a different receiver. After the game, Smart did note how Beck grew up with his performance on Saturday. That should be a terrifying thought for the rest of college football with how well Beck is playing of late. Even though we know they're not going to probably give him the the credit he deserves, he is, in my opinion, a first-round draft pick in the NFL. And even with our running backs, we did a good job. I mean, it wasn't the most productive day on the ground from the Georgia rushing attack, but the Bulldogs still rushed 156 yards on the afternoon. That's still a lot of yards. Kendall Milton finished things off with a 15-yard rushing touchdown to go along with the 66 rushing yards on the day. And even he and Dejon Edwards continue to form a solid, a solid backfield for Georgia. And a part of that, I believe, is attributed to how Tennessee wanted to play the run, committing extra bodies to run to try and put the you know, the game on back. They were trying to blitz back as much as they could, which opened up the door for the running backs. Now, the Bulldogs also flashed some creativity in the rushing game with wide receiver Arian Smith ripping off a 33-yard run in the win. And we're not even gotten down to the wide receivers and tight ends yet. What a day for Dylan Bell and Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint. The pair of Georgia receivers caught 12 passes for 181 yards and three touchdowns. Bell even threw an 18-yard touchdown pass as well, showcasing his versatility. When I saw that play happen and I saw that touchdown, I thought, oh my goodness, that is just amazing, the versatility that he was able to do with that play. And their play was key as the Bulldogs even saw Rara Thomas and Lad McConkey left the game with foot and ankle injuries, respectively. Now, we did get some report that Lad McConkey is not going to have to have tightrope surgery on his ankle. So Kirby Smart did say that, but we will keep you guys posted and up to date on that as the uh, week progresses. 
Now, Brock Bowers, he caught seven passes for 60 yards. Finding the end zone once again, the sophomore Oscar Delp did have a bad drop that led to a Georgia punt, which, I mean, considering as well as he's been playing lately, I figured, hey, the kid made a mistake. It's no big deal. I don't feel like it's anything we need to be concerned about or worried about coming up against Georgia Tech this weekend or our future game in the SEC championship against Alabama. Now, another strong game for this unit, I felt like, was our offensive line, especially given the adversity that the Bulldogs had to play through. I mean, we were starting right guard. Tate Rutledge left the game right off the guard. Bam, Tate Rutledge is gone. He left the game in the first quarter after banging his knee. And then, of course, guess who stepped in? Michael Morris. And he stepped in as our left guard and Dylan Fairchild at the right guard. While the run blocking wasn't as sharp as it was against Ole Miss, guess what? Beck was not sacked on the afternoon at all. Georgia started Amarius Mims at right tackle for the first time since the South Carolina game, and I thought that he did a fantastic job, in my opinion. Now, we still rotated the tackle spot with Xavier Trust and Ernest Green, seeing plenty of snaps, but the center Cedric Van Pran did have Georgia's lone turnover on the afternoon as he botched the snap, which, again, considering how the plays went, considering what Tennessee's defense was doing to them, honestly, I still feel like to me that they did a really well, a really good job. I don't think that they should be discredited in any way, shape, or form. Now, the defensive line, Michael Williams, man, that guy proved to be a problem for Tennessee on Saturday. He notched the only sack on the afternoon and should have been credited with a tackle for loss as well. But unfortunately, Williams also had a pass breakup, which again is not bad. But to me, I feel like he had some opportunities taken away from him as well, too. Now, Stackhouse and Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, man, they flashed on the afternoon as well. And freshman Jordan Hall made the most of Warren Brenson's calf injury as Hall had a career-best four tackles. Smart wasn't 100% sure who was at fault on the 75-yard touchdown run, but for the most, Georgia did a great job of striking blocks. Tennessee did have just 55 rushing yards on its next 24 carries for the rest of the game. That was how dominating our defensive line was against Tennessee and how they played against the, the offensive. I mean, the, the quarterback had ample amount of time in some cases, but just the defense was just on top with the sacks, with the tackles, with the, uh, the the blocks, and then they didn't get hardly any pass interference calls against them at all. In fact, I think if I'm remembering right, I don't think they even had one pass interference flag um, called upon them. So I thought that was actually phenomenal. And even our linebackers. I mean, the first play led to some cause for concern, but after that, Allen and Munden, man, they had a strong performance. I mean, Allen had a pass breakup while Munden finished with four tackles. Even Joe Milton was all, also wasn't a factor in the running game as he had four carries for 14 yards. While it hasn't been as big of a worry as the opening drives, quarterback run has been an issue at times this season. We've noticed that firsthand in Ole Miss and even Mizzou and even the Tennessee quarterback tried their hand on it against Saturday. Georgia is going to need Chaz Chambliss, Marvin Jones Jr., and Jalen Walker to be sharp in games against Haynes King and Jalen Moreau in the coming weeks. Now as our secondary, part of this can be chalked up to how erratic Milton was as a passer, but the Georgia secondary stood tall when tested on Saturday. Um, Bullard and Starks, they had impressive pass breakups, uh, even though Starks should have come away with an interception a few times there, but I still felt like they did a phenomenal job. Um, Smith had another strong game for Georgia as he led Bulldogs in tackle with 10. Tennessee was also undermanned at wide receiver, which certainly made things easier for Georgia defense. Still a strong day for this group once again. And even on special teams, Peyton Woodring made his lone field goal attempt a 42-yard in the opening drive of the game. Thorson was strong as usual with Tennessee not having any punt returns, but Muse did a good job fielding all of his punts. Now, Georgia also went 5-for-5 five five in the red zone, with all the scores being touchdowns. 
it was another very impressive game from offensive coordinator Mike Bobo, who I believe will be getting some serious recognition at the end of the season and possibly um, may end up even coming back next year again with the Bulldogs, which only one could hope. So overall, guys, I feel like the Georgia's opening drive defense in a scoreless fourth quarter, we couldn't give it any more of an effort than we already did. You know, it was an awesome performance on the road for Georgia, I feel like, to me. Taking it to Tennessee on the afternoon, you know, the Bulldogs finished the SEC play with an 8-0 record. They'll get a chance to cap off a perfect regular season this coming Saturday against Georgia Tech. And this is our third season in a row being undefeated in the SEC. To me, I think that's phenomenal. You know, Kirby Smart, he was very uh, encouraging and very uplifting at the end of the game, the way that he was smiling, you know, with those players and, 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 the, and the credit he gave, you know, to, to Bell and Beck for what they did. I, I just think, to me, you could see the pride in that man and how much he really appreciates his players and what they're doing for the Georgia Bulldog football program. So, uh, again, we could not have asked for a better game. If you did not have a chance to watch the game, if you didn't record it, you definitely need to go watch it. Hopefully, if you uh, if you haven't watched it, I probably should have mentioned spoiler alert at the beginning, but I did say we were going to talk about the Georgia versus Tennessee game at the beginning of the podcast. So if you didn't pl- pause and go watch the game and come back and listen, that's on you. So we're going to be back right after this. Between the Hedges is sponsored by... CB Tumblers. You ever wish you could have a custom tumbler? Well, now you can. CB Tumblers can make you any custom tumbler from a bulldog design or a tie-dye. Whichever you like. Whatever you can think of, they can make it. Go to our website under Sponsors section and click CB Tumbler and get your custom tumbler ordered today. Sarah the Wax Boss for Sensi. You have a hair lady, nail lady, and maybe a massage lady. But do you have a wax lady? They are more than just warmers and wax cubes. Their products range from inside the home to inside your car, as well as your pets. Go to our website and under the sponsors, click Sarah the Wax Boss for Sensi and get your Sensi ordered today. Welcome back Between the Hedges fans. In this segment, we're going to basically be talking about Georgia football against Georgia Tech this coming weekend. Now, Kirby Smart doesn't like to rank rivals. He never has. He's never will. But he knows this week is as big as the Bulldogs' host in-state rival, Georgia Tech. The Georgia head coach had plenty to say about the Yellow Jackets' former Georgia analyst, Buster Faulkner, and plenty more ahead of Saturday's game. If you want to actually go and check out the full transcript of what Georgia head coach had to say about Georgia taking on Georgia Tech on Saturday, you need to go check out the article by Connor Riley on dognations.com. I'm not going to be able to go into detail about what he said, but just basically from what I've gathered is that, you know, we got to really watch our prep and we got to, you know, watch who we're playing. You know, what makes college football really special to me is all the rivalries you get to watch on this week. A very unique week timing is wise. Uh, timing wise, a lot of distractions with Thanksgiving going on. Those are good distractions, but they are different. So how you manage that and how you deal with it, that is very important. You got to realize that these players are going to have some time to spend with their family. I don't know how much days they're going to get off from school or if they're going to be practicing on Wednesday or Friday. You know, but the fact that they have a game coming up this Saturday right up to Thanksgiving, it's a very challenging task for the coaches and for the players. They've got to be prepared mentally, physically. They've got to be able to, you know, command themselves in a manner that allows for them to focus on what's important in the game. You know, I mean, if they don't practice their muscles, they get, uh, you know, tight. They aren't loose and they're not really, you know, doing what they need to do. And then mentally, you're, you're spending time with your family. You're eating a lot of food. Hopefully the guys don't pick out on some turkey and stuffing, you know, or ham and, and giblet gravy or whatever you eat on Thanksgiving, you know, and that they understand that when they come back from their Thanksgiving Day break, there's a big rivalry game. Not to mention the fact that if we win this game this Saturday, we will be 
the longest streak SEC team ever will beat Alabama because right now we're tied for that at 28 nothing. So if we could beat Georgia Tech this week, it would be 29. We just broke the record, and now we'll be the number one team to have the most undefeated games in the SEC. Now, Georgia Tech's not really a, what I would consider to be our number one rival. Uh, I believe, it, in my opinion, the rival's always being, to me, Florida Gators and Bulldogs. But geographically, they are close. Um, almost kind of be like a north and south or university and tech, however you want to word it. You know, so I feel like to me, it's a matter of just saying that they are a rival because they are an in-state uh, team like uh, Gators and Seminoles, Auburn and Alabama. So Georgia Tech would probably fill the shoes to our rivals, but I really don't feel that they are a threat to us uh, in the sense of how we played them in the past. Now, have we gone undefeated with them every time? No, we've lost some games to Georgia Tech. There's been some good games in the past, some mistakes that we've made where we lost the game, but I still don't feel like they are considered to be a huge rival for us. Uh, Kirby Smart mentions it many times in the, in, the, in the sense of how they play the game and how they need to get ready for the game. Now, uh, the difference in Georgia Tech this year, again, is Haynes King. They've won games because they're playing good football. They're number one. They've done a good job upgrading talent. They understand what it takes to win at Tech, what kind of players to go and recruit, and I think that they're going to be getting recruiting classes in there that's going to really allow for them to have some good players. Now, Haynes King, that's the number one. He is just like that. He's fast. He's athletic. You know, we've got several coaches that can come from Texas areas that talk about their athleticism in high school, and they see it on the tape. Well, Buster's done an unbelievable job with them and he utilizes his entire skill set. These guys know how to run the football there, and they are really good at running the football in a certain environment. So will we have an easy win against them this weekend? I don't think so. I think it will come with a challenge, but I don't think it's going to be as a Ole Miss, uh, Mizzou, you know, type of thing, uh, Auburn type of thing. I don't think we're going to see that with us. I think we're going to dominate the game based on what I'm seeing, what I'm reading, you know, depending on what happens with certain players. Uh, obviously, Lad McConkey's ankle injury, you know, he tweaked that ankle on the game against the uh, Tennessee this past Saturday. Um, he was able to do a little bit uh, at the end of the week, according to Coach Kirby Smart. Um, it did bother him a little bit, but nothing any more than severe than that. Uh, they did an MRI since the game, and they're going to be doing some more testing to make sure. I did read somewhere where I thought he said he was not going to have to have surgery on it, but I'm still looking for that information, so I definitely will keep you all posted as the weeks come about. Now, we are playing Georgia Tech this weekend, so uh, we are playing them in Atlanta, so we definitely want to make sure we get ourselves prepped up for that. I do believe we need to watch our line, watch the tight end, watch the offensive line, watch the defensive line. Our line of scrimmage is still an area that Kirby has mentioned multiple times we need to focus on. We cannot allow for that line of scrimmage to get the best of us, to lose any, give, lose any way whatsoever. We cannot give it away at all. We've got to be tight. Um... I do believe that it is a matter of Carson Beck being consistent again. Uh, if you guys have watched him as I've watched in this season, for him to be playing his first season as a starting quarterback, he has grown in leaps and bounds. Despite what they're saying about him not being a first-round draft pick, I think they said as much as it might be even the fourth round, I clearly could see him becoming first-round draft pick if he keeps progressing further and further the way he is every game. He is dynamite. He throws. He's fun to watch throwing. I mean, he almost kind of reminds me a little bit of Peyton Manning on Tennessee, which I thought was kind of cool watching him play in the Tennessee Stadium and how he would, you know, mimic his throws. He is a very good quarterback. 
very good quarterback. And the fact that he's not getting the credit he deserves is shameful. It really is very shameful that the college or the collegiate leveled commentators, sports editors, writers, announcers do not give him the credit he deserves each and every week. They keep dogging him down and dogging him down. But you know what I find fascinating is Carson Beck does not allow for that to get in his way. If anything, he uses it as motivation to help encourage him to be a better quarterback. Uh, With Bobo on the offense side with him, Bobo and him are going to make a dynamite team for the rest of the season. Now, me personally, people have asked me, do you think Beck's going to come back next year? I think it all depends on when the winning game is a factor. If we win the national championship this year and he gets offered first-round draft pick, he's going to take it. He's going to go, and we're going to lose him. And then if he does not win the national championship, I could see him coming back again to try to gain that national championship, considering he's only a junior this year. Another theory I had was, too, Manning. Archie Manning will be coming up very soon for an opportunity to do what's called the, we call it the wonderful switch sides. You know, he could he could very well enter into the, the table and, and the turntable and come over to our side. Right now he's playing for Texas. He's playing behind a quarterback who is a sophomore and has a long ways to go before he can even get a shot at that. So if he really and truly wants to take this opportunity right now with him being a freshman, get the years he needs to get with Texas. Texas is rolling into the SEC division next year. He could very well end up coming over to Georgia and flipping sides and starting out as a sophomore quarterback. He might very well become the starting quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs if Kirby Smart and the team feels like he could be a good fit with our team. And I think it would be very wise of them to consider Archie Manning. He is a good quarterback. He's very talented. You can see the Manning blood running in him. Some of them have even compared him to his granddad. So just just throwing that out there, I didn't mean to get off on the bandwagon with that one. But overall, I feel like to me that we've got a great setup to keep Beck for the end of the season. And I think depending on what we get at the end of this year, what win we get, where we come out of it, determines if Beck will be back next year. But I got off on a tangent on that. Sorry about that, guys. But getting back to this weekend, I feel like to me that you're going to see a very dominating game from the Bulldogs once again in Atlanta. I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I cannot wait to see how much they get done in that uh, stadium and walking away 29 to nothing, 11 or 12 nothing, I think, for the end of the season. So, But you guys let me know what y'all think. I might be wrong. You guys might have a different opinion. Remember, you can email us, bthfpodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can go on our website. And on the website, you can click on that send message and send us a message with your thoughts. And then even still, you can call us, 706-389-0770. Don't forget to check us out on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Don't forget to follow, like, and share, and subscribe this episode of Between the Hedges Podcast. We'll be back right after this. Between the Hedges is sponsored by... Dog Swap. If you love custom frames, then you are going to love their designs. DogSwap has all sorts of custom frames, from Sports Illustrated to photos and more. Go to our website and under Sponsors section, click DogSwap and get your one-of-a-kind custom sports frame today. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Between the Hedges. Be sure to share these episodes with your friends and family and any possible Gator haters that might be out there, Tennessee fans or Ole Miss fans, anybody that we've, you know, conquered or beaten multiple times. Also, if you haven't had a chance to follow our podcast yet, then go ahead and click that follow button. And don't forget to turn on that notification so you are kept up to date with all the latest news from Between the Hedges. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so by going to the website. Remember, the link is in the podcast description below. 
When you click on it, you can go down to the bottom of the website and send us a message. Also, you can call us at 706-389-0770. Leave us a message, and if it is professional, remember, we'll play it on the podcast. Well, I hope you all have a great day today, and we'll see you all here tomorrow on Between the Hedges. Go dogs!